Hi there, welcome to Up in the Air with Beacon, an informative and insightful channel that talk about tourism and travel industry and its related issues with me, Ratno Putri. Eli Sumawilaga, the president at Association of uh, Southeast Asian Nations Tourism Association, or we call it as ASEANTA. And uh, today uh, we are going to discuss about Southeast Asia tourism outlook in 2022. Uh, pa, uh, good morning, Pak Eli. Uh, how are you, Pak? Good morning, Putri. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. I'm currently in the last day of my quarantine in Indonesia. Um, oh, yeah. uh, it's quite, uh, yeah, quite an experience. And also, yeah, I try to, later maybe in, during the discussion, we can share something on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that you just come back from Cambodia for the forum, yeah, Pak, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, Pak, uh, we know that now we are entering the third year of the pandemics next March, yeah, Pak. And... At the end of last year, uh, the tourism industry, uh, we saw it, we, it, it's starting to crawling back to its tracks. Uh, there are some numbers, uh, though it's still far from before the pandemic, but we saw many people are start traveling both domestically as well as internationally. Uh, at least I can see this from the Indonesian market itself, yeah. But um, in your opinion, how do you think the travel industry in Southeast Asia, especially in ASEAN, uh, has been affected by this pandemic uh, in the last two years? I think like the other region in the world, I think Southeast Asia is not immune from the impact of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, when we see numbers, there are numbers of significant drop uh, everywhere, be it numbers of arrivals, num- numbers of uh, flights, for example, numbers of revenue generated, as well as um, the numbers of uh, how the people coming in, uh, in including domestic. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the, the impact that we cannot avoid. But on top of that, uh, I think Southeast Asia also have unique respond in terms of COVID and if you see in maybe in starting in May last year uh, 2021 some regions some countries have already started to open yes. with of course um, they are reducing some uh, requirements to ent- to enter the countries mm-hmm. while Southeast Asia I think from 2020 up to 2021 even up to November last year, uh, mm-hmm. if you see from the UNWTO uh, Tourism Recovery Tracker, we are always in the top in terms of travel restriction. Uh, the okay. top region uh, that uh, impose most rec- uh, restriction, entry restriction to all countries. I think that's the thing. So mm-hmm. we see that there is a differences in terms of ref- response on how governments react to the COVID in- itself. And uh, 
Southeast Asia has been acknowledged as the most restrictive region. And it create more impact to the industry because uh, uh, the the numbers that we receive, for example, mm-hmm. in 2021, even much, much more less compared to 2020. Yeah. So you are saying that in 2021, there's uh, the numbers is even lower pa, than 2020? Yeah, I think one of the key... Um, The cause is, I think for 2020, we still have mm-hmm. uh, tourists up to March, I think three months. I see. Oh, yeah. Right? So for ASEAN itself, uh, it, uh, 2020 contributed around 25 million in terms of okay. total international arrivals to all ASEAN countries. Mm-hmm. While for 2021 last year, although the, the, the figure is not complete yet, The mm-hmm. record that I have received from the ASEAN Secretariat is around 2.5 million only. So okay. even 10% compared to the uh, 2020. 2020. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, Pa. In that case that we had shown many format uh, on the border opening uh, and how government, uh, especially in this region, uh, treat the the opening of their borders yeah pa. they are travel lanes and box uh, platform and then travel corridors and others do you think that in 2022 uh, the same format of border uh, reopening will be the same or or all there will be another adjustment to the previous border reopening uh, format pa? I think first I like to uh, say that I think Asianta appreciate the effort taken by mm-hmm. countries that have unilaterally opened uh, their border yeah. for uh, leisure travel as well as short visit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you have already named some of the countries like Thailand with sandbox, mm-hmm. Singapore with fascinated travel land, mm-hmm. and of course the least or the most open regime is actually Cambodia, which was started in, yes. in November. And it's followed also a lot with Laos, but Laos is only on, uh, I think Laos is uh, in package format. And okay. of course, Vietnam has started the pilot in end of uh, December, which they plan to have uh, the reopening in April this year. But I think all this unilateral approach If you see the figure from 2021, for example, that I shared before, mm-hmm. the impact is not uh, really significant mm-hmm. uh, because it's uh, individual. Um, then, of course, there is also concern from the uh, source market and there is no reciprocity that taking place in the arrangement itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, yeah. Alexander, for example, uh, in terms of Contribu- number of uh, rifles Indonesia contributed to intra-ASEAN travel is quite significantly. Okay. But those that have already opened in terms of a border, mm-hmm. be it Singapore or uh, Thailand or even Cambodia, could not really get Indonesian fully to come to to their countries with their uh, really uh, open regime. Uh, because Indonesian still put up restriction for them to when they go home to the country, like what I'm experienced today. Because everyone go, are going uh, abroad, then when they go back, they have to do uh, quarantine, which I think that really discourage people to go out 
of the country. Yeah. Though, of course, in some way, uh, I think uh, in December and in January, I admit that there are also many Indonesian going out uh, abroad, but mostly going to long-haul destination like Turkey, United States, or Europe, for example. But that's that's a uh, different case. But in yeah. terms of Southeast Asia, I think that's the uh, the the, the uh, differences because Southeast Asia uh, usually, of course, we have uh, quite significant numbers of visitor arrival in the region. I think we share around 38 to 44 percent of uh, ASEAN countries' arrival is actually coming from as uh, their neighbor, mm -hmm. uh, ASEAN countries itself. And one of the character that they have is actually short short visit, maybe three or four days visit, which I think that hinder also because, like myself, for example, if I want I need to go to uh, to neighboring country for four days, then I have then when I go back, I have to spend seven days. I think it's not worth it. But if you go long haul, for example, to maybe Europe or United States, they tend to stay longer in in that destination. They spend maybe at least two weeks or maybe a month uh, because they have so many programs that they have. Then, but then when they when they get back to have seven days, I think it's still okay compared to the the numbers of days they spend in destination abroad. So I think that's the situation that we have. So in terms of coming back to that, I think mm -hmm. of course the the there's some improvement in terms of uh, reopening, but each country take different approach. Then what we are trying to do in, in Asianta is actually to encourage them to have corridor or common arrangement between mm -hmm. countries. Like actually, there's already example now. Uh, we started already. Like for example, uh, Singapore Malaysia. Mm -hmm. I think Singapore Malaysia there's some reciprocity in terms of going into Singapore and going back from Singapore for Malaysia. There is no requirement for quarantine. Similarly. For Singaporean going to Malaysia and going back to Singapore, there's no quarantine required. Hmm. Okay. So I think that's that's more much more impactful rather than if it is only unilateral. So uh, in that case, uh, do you think the result is effective? But uh, and then if it's so, which method? Uh, you had mentioned it before without uh, uh, restrictions on uh, quarantine, it will be better to to have a numbers of people on traveling. Uh, is that? How uh, it the result will be more effective? Uh, I think from the ASEAN perspective, what we are trying to do is actually within ASEAN itself, there's already the what they call as ASEAN Travel Corridor Arrangement Framework, mm -hmm. which was adopted by the ASEAN leaders uh, last year. And this framework actually, though it is only a guideline. Yeah. But it stipulates on requirement of how the reciprocity would take place. So if they have a corridor open, mm -hmm. then there is a mechanism of reciprocity that have to be undertaken. Mm -hmm. As there is a, a back and forth uh, a traffic uh, for both countries, and it creates more more ease for people to travel. Yes. And This ASEAN travel corridor arrangement currently is only limited to uh, business travel and essential travel. So what uh, we are trying to do in ASEAN now to advocate is actually why don't ASEAN expand this mm -hmm. to uh, leisure travel or short visit travel. 
which mm-hmm. I think that could be a, a guideline that could be followed by uh, other ASEAN countries. Okay. And we can start, for example, with uh, Singapore, Malaysia, for example, as one of the uh, pilot for mm-hmm. implementation of this ASEAN travel corridor arrangement. Because currently, if I may frank, there is no uh, really good uh, uh, reference mm-hmm. that really have been implemented in the region as, yeah. as ASEAN. So I think this is the only document that we have. So why don't we use that document and make it happen and expand it to laser travel and short visit travel? Mm, at least for the ASEAN countries, yeah, Pak. Yeah, yeah. At least for ASEAN countries. Then, of course, other countries can join, mm-hmm. uh, like maybe Korea later or Japan or maybe Australia okay. or the neighboring countries. Okay. Yeah, because it's very important to at least to have an intra-ASEAN uh, travel corridor so people will move around around the each of ASEAN countries yeah, but to yeah. to encourage the industry as well, right? Yeah, if you, if you if, if we follow the figure before pandemic, for example, mm-hmm. 2019, uh, intra-ASEAN is around uh, 38, but if you combine with China, Japan, Korea, I think it will be 63 percent yeah. though now china cannot expect much because china is applying zero COVID policy which I, we don't know when they are going to open I so see. i think that's that's the figure if we can have that corridor arrangement apply within mm-hmm. first in the asean region maybe mm-hmm. start with two countries then followed by other i think that's something that uh, would create more impactful because there is no mm-hmm. restriction imposed by the sending countries I see. Okay. Okay. We will get back on that part because that will be interesting uh, topic to talk about after uh, your forum uh, last week. Yeah, Pak. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, but before that, do you think that there is any development towards the regional travel pass or uh, are we still have to rely on bilateral agreement between travel corridors like what you're saying? No, I think uh, there's not yet... Uh any ready de- development for travel pass mm-hmm. so everything is still rely on uh, on the uh, uh, bilateral or bilateral is only Indonesia, uh, sorry singapore and malaysia mm-hmm. mostly unilateral, okay. unilateral. Uh, i think that's the approach that we have it in within asean uh, as mentioned before, but, uh, we know that by the end of 2021, we saw many people traveling domestic and internationally in Indonesia only uh, almost 50,000 people traveling internationally during Christmas and New Year's holidays, right? And then uh, in November of 2021, there were 3 million travelers who were traveling domestically. So domestic numbers, it's, it's, it's quite uh, big, especially for Indonesia, yeah, Pak. Uh, but ironically, now we are facing the new variant, kan, ya, Pak? and then the number of infection people are still growing day by day by day. Gitu. Uh, but the, on the other hand, we know the vaccination rate in ASEAN region is also growing and getting better. Even uh, for the children and uh, between 6 to 11, we are starting the vaccinations uh, program. Uh, so, but, but, but please... Correct me if I'm wrong, Pak. But how do you see this in 2022 in terms of tourism uh, based on that fact? Are we uh, surely that we are going through this pandemic uh, up and down? And But are we seeing uh, tourism uh, better in this year? 
Okay, we can see this from the response made by Singapore and Thailand. Mm-hmm. I think when we start facing this Omicron in December, yeah. I think they, are, they were backtracking in terms of response to the uh, borders reopening. Thailand stopped their stop-and-go uh, facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singapore also stopped uh, vaccinated traveling. And they see how the Omicron really happening or taking place in uh, those countries. And I believe that because of the booster vaccines uh, for those countries have been quite strong, they are back now to uh, the original plan, though with some reduced quota. I think Thailand started already on the stop and go uh, facility, spoke, mm-hmm. uh, sandbox and everything. And Singapore also uh, uh, reopened VTL. Though at the moment we start with a few fewer countries, but I think there is uh, some confidence on this, on how countries could really react to the situation itself. So I think booster is really something that uh, we could expect uh, yeah. to really help the uh, border reopening. And if I learn from numbers of uh, sources for this Omicron, although everyone knows already that it is mild symptoms and the recovery is faster. But I think uh, one of the things that I'm also having concern when I heard about this, for example, everyone will get Omicron uh, sooner or later. It depends on the timing itself. Uh, mm. So then Omicron uh, would create your own antibody. So in here, actually, uh, with this with this uh, situation, I think something, Omicron is something that is um, affordable, uh, but To reduce this impact on Omicron, I think we would expect that booster everyone has to be uh, taking place. Even like for example, a country like Cambodia, uh, mm-hmm. Cambodia has started already fourth uh, booster, uh, so not only third ah. but only fourth uh, vaccination. Different and the rate is quite good actually. So I think there's a there's a effort already taking place, uh, be it in Singapore, Malaysia, mm-hmm. Indonesia also. Thailand and Cambodia, and therefore is uh, really trying to cope with this uh, Omicron, uh, trying to reduce the hospitalization uh, and perhaps casualties coming up from this. And we hope that this could be, I mean, this uh, period could be uh, uh, fast because if we see South Africa, for example, or in Europe, going down already. So as I think, um, I think that's what we are expecting. So we hope that there's not much uh, a lot uh, disturbance that would take place again, unless of course we don't. Of course, we cannot predict whether there is any new variant or not. We, I hope yeah. that there will be none, because they, many people said that Omicron could be the last variant that uh, taking place for this. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm quite optimist, optimistic in terms of the 2022. Okay. Uh, what step do you think the government must take for this year to the industry to come back? Do you think the step that has been taken last year or the previous year for uh, by every government in Southeast Asia is effective to mitigate the infections? Or is there any other step that they must considering to do it? I think in terms of how we're dealing with this uh, COVID-19 Uh, the approach of zero COVID, I think, is not accepted. 
Yeah. Um, actually, I feel lucky that um, in the region, mm-hmm. uh, most of the countries now not applying this zero COVID uh, situation because it will hurt very much on tourism and travel industry. Okay. Uh, therefore, risk management approach is actually the one that uh, government should uh, uh, consider, mm-hmm. but of course with much more different uh, variety. Because, for example, for example, if say, for example, I like for example, I'm coming from Cambodia, mm-hmm. and Cambodia case is relatively low. Yeah. And uh, we have also coming, for example, other region like Laos, for example. With COVID cases is relatively low. I think government may consider to have more reduced quarantine uh, when people go back to home country. So mm-hmm. rather than to have uh, currently only two categories, right? For mm-hmm. Indonesia, for example, uh, the 10 days, either 10 days or 7 days. 10 days is uh, for those that have more than 10,000 COVID, Omicron, and 7 days is for less Cases, which I think, if we could have go back to maybe three days, like what mm-hmm. we apply in end of November, in mm-hmm. Indonesia, I think that will be much helpful for for everyone to uh, to travel and for the industry to really to recover. And it should be applied not only, of course, by Indonesia, uh, but also by uh, all ASEAN countries. And if we can get, for example, the extreme end like Cambodia, yeah. I think that's something that uh, would really helpful for the industry. Uh, what do you think the tourism industry, uh, in terms of the industry players, need to do in 2022? Do and and also for the government, yeah. But do you think the government must also implement no travel policy, or shall we start preparing to focus on the leisure and uh, or our business travels now? I think we have already started this uh, from 2021, but of course, it's really mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, approach. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. see that, uh, for example, quarantine requirement uh, from 14, 10 days, 3 days, going back into 14, then 10 days, 7 days. I think that's kind of already an in- indication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what we are uh, requesting is more consistency in terms of how the policy is being implemented uh, mm-hmm. by the government. Consistency meaning that it could be um, something that uh, we can really assure that this uh, decision can be implemented and open for uh, everyone across the board. Uh, not like different case, different different policy uh, implementation. And of course, uh, no travel policy, I think, is something not wise to be yeah. taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for the industry, we have to start working, uh, preparing, anticipating this maybe we could anticipate maybe in the second semester 2022 or even maybe earlier to really see the bounce back of the uh, travel, industry, travel industry particularly mm-hmm. for in the uh, international travel and many issues is being faced by the industry particularly mm-hmm. on the attractiveness mm-hmm. of the industry to be Uh, to employ people because okay. yeah, tourism and travel is the most affected industry. Yes. So now many youngsters are losing interest to work in this travel and tourism industry. Mm. And what I heard that we are facing, for example, in many 
countries that have started to reopen like in Europe or Australia or maybe United States is actually the shortage of manpower because mm. the manpower they already left so when they have this uh, coming back uh, if we don't anticipate with sufficient manpower then we have this issue of service because the influx could be uh, we could expect is quite big influx in terms of coming in Yeah. Uh, respond from tourists and if this strategy that would be uh, uh, an issue a, a huge issue for tourism travel industry because they might not be able to provide proper services hmm okay uh, it, it was very interesting to hear that the youngsters uh, is has less interest in this industry about the tourism and travel industry maybe there will be something uh, an other topic that uh, we can talk uh, later on and in in other sessions but but uh now if 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 you want to moving on about the domestic travelers yeah pak uh we know that there are in, in this region there are uh, countries who have a very strong domestic like indonesia but also have a less domestic uh less strong domestic uh, travelers number uh, and over the p- pandemic period we saw government uh, are trying push for the, their domestic travelers to help the industry as well as the economy do you think that the domestic traveler will help the industry to sustain on its way to recovery of course my answer will be it will help but not mm-hmm. significant It will not be the same with the previous uh, pre-pandemic situation, because as you know, um, though of course Indonesia has huge market in terms of domestic, yeah. And for example, you may see the influx of people traveling in December, for example, from Jakarta to Bali, mm-hmm. and I experienced myself on how um, I'm working in Asia, of course, currently, and yeah. how we add our our flights to serve the high demand for domestic travel to go back to to Bali but mm-hmm. does it help Bali to really recover I think that's the question I, I think not much eh? uh, mm-hmm. because I think the char- characteristic of domestic market which I learned everywhere mm-hmm. is spend less compared to international market even if we talk United States eh? yeah. I learned that for example in New York Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, domestic um, traveler, uh, US traveler, will spend less compared to international traveler that visit United States. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's a common formula everywhere, including in in Indonesia. And I was also uh, read some of the article that, uh, for example, Bali, mm-hmm. they claim that uh, international travel spend ten times more compared to domestic. So if this is right, you can see how this the the impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, if we calculate it back to the pre-pandemic, I think, yeah, maybe if it's, if, uh, this is could be something that we should look at. So domestic is is really help, mm-hmm. uh, but it cannot really help significantly mm-hmm. because many of the uh, of the area of destination are rely more on international travel. How has uh, each national tourism association uh, should help for the domestic industry uh, uh, for the time being? I think currently what we are having in in the region is actually how pe- how the government react 
to the uh, COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And they, the government do it step by step. And domestic could be a good case as a first case that they can uh, really implement because everything somehow is under the government control. Okay. Like in Indonesia, for example, there's a requirement for test before flying and there's a requirement for uh, using the digital application. I think that's something that's really in control. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite be, uh, easy for, for, for government to really implement that. Though with that, there are still also cases. But international is something that they could not really much control. Uh, for example, uh, there's a requirement, entry, requ- entry requirement to bring PCR test result, mm-hmm. negative PCR test result. How do you know that that PCR test is valid? Uh, because it's some many of passengers are simply bringing result on paper. Mm-mm. How do you know that this is a valid result? It's quite difficult for you to happen for the government to identify whether this uh, COVID result uh, result is legitimate. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, there's QR code, there is a data, but I think there is also possibility or risk that it could be also a fake uh, document because. When the issue that certificate is not really under control of the government, Mm-mm. right? I see. Yeah. I think that is the international is more challenging because there are many factors that not under control of the government. Uh, that's why I think uh, travel requirement are imposed to ensure mm-hmm. that the risk can be can be minimized to the government, which at the end impact the uh, border reopening and. Of course, it impacted the, the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward for the recovery stage, Pa, do you see any positive progress uh, towards the recovery stage in the industry uh, this year in 2022? I think, the, uh, yeah, I think we have to learn numbers of, uh, as I said earlier, uh, re, uh, unilateral reopening mm-hmm. that undertaken by um, numbers of ASEAN countries mm-hmm. because we cannot... I think we cannot wait much longer uh, for tourism and travel industry because we're rounding out of, uh, of course, many of them are already out of business uh, or we don't have much cash flow to really rely on. Mm-hmm. And I think the uh, the government to uh, undertake a serious approach on how this recovery can, could take place. And uh, there are numbers of uh, samples that I think Uh, that sample could be a reference and uh, that encourage us in the industry uh, that could also be expanded in uh, 2022 mm-hmm. in order for that to really impactful then i think the association now is trying to expand it uh, on the reference available so as we can have i think first stage will be the intra asean travel mm-hmm. could take place within the region uh, mm-hmm. because that Our neighbor is closer uh, in terms of uh, airfare or uh, price to travel is is relatively lower, and there's a huge market that would tap uh, that we could tap within ASEAN region. And I think in terms of that, I think we are optimistic that uh, the situation will uh, be much better uh, towards maybe the second semester of this year. I see. Uh, now, but. Uh... 
we had mentioned it before since you are already uh, you just come back from Sinaho Fields uh, from for the ASEAN Tourism Forum 2022 in Cambodia. Uh, Certainly, the discussion of post-COVID recovery plan were there uh, for the ASEAN tourism. What will be the recovery plan for ASEAN that will be implemented this year that may be excited for the industry player? You had mentioned that uh, there are a discussion about the intra-ASEAN travel. So, can you tell us more about it uh, when it's going to be implemented? For That is the end of our discussion with our industry experts. I would like to thank you to all my guests today and I hope it will give you a valuable insight about the Southeast Asia tourism landscape. Don't forget to like or subscribe or follow our podcast as well as our Instagram at Up in the Air with Beacon. And if you have any comments or input, please drop us an email to admin at beacon-strategygroup.com or make comments in our social media account at Up in the Air with Beacon. Until we meet again in our next edition.